Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What really left is there for the Cowboys to do this offseason? We'll discuss it here as we get riled up on the Cowboys. My man, Tom Ryle, your boy, Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle on Twitter, at Tom Ryle BTB. And, of course, you can follow me at RW3 on the Twitter sphere. And with all of our great content at bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys on Twitter as well. You know, Tom, we sit here about a month away from the NFL draft. And as we look forward to that in the past, we've often been able to say to one another, Hey, it's very clear. The Cowboys have needs at X, Y, and Z, and they need to be addressed. We don't know what order that's going to take place in, but we do know these needs need to be addressed early and often. And so this is going to be an area of focus as we prepare for the draft and kind of get listeners and and those around us ready to, you know, absorb what the Cowboys will be doing this year, Tom, we find ourselves in a completely different situation. One unlike we've ever seen. And as you detailed kind of puts us in a place where the Cowboys could literally take any direction and mm-hmm. we might be okay with it and have good reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the the other factor in it all is that, my gosh, they have checked nearly all the boxes. Uh, you know, of, of, of course, the, uh, the Gil- Gilmore and Cook signings were huge, feel, filled, I think, one definitely of the biggest needs at wide receiver and cornerback really strengthened that group. And uh, just Wednesday, uh, they checked off another, I think, less important, but still really nice to have box in signing Jonathan Hankins. And they're even talking about still being interested interested in bringing back Carlos Watkins, which would really shore up defensive tackle. Uh, and yeah, I, it's like you go, well, what's the burning need? And you just hear crickets. It's like, you can say, well, this would be nice, but is it a desperate need? And, you know, while I was thinking about this, trying to get ready for the, the, the podcast and come up with something to say, rather than just you and I having stream of consciousness crap off the top of our heads about nothing in particular. What do you mean? We always do it that way. Oh yeah. Dang. I'm giving away our broadcast. Okay. I sat down and, and, and looked at who would the starters be right now? And I realized, yeah, they could roll into the season with these guys. When you look at some of the, uh, the backups they have along with them, and we're fine. Does it kind of really matter who they pull in the draft? Uh, You've got a name no, at least at every position from yeah, a starting and, standpoint. Now that Hankins has come back, and by the way, 
you mentioned what an incredible deal from a team yeah. perspective. $1.5 million to get one of your leading run stuffers back. That gives me optimism that Watkins will return because mm-hmm. I'm guessing he's going to figure out that the market isn't that high for him either. And he may have mm-hmm. to come back on a one year prove it deal. And that puts the Cowboys in an incredible position. You know, they could mm-hmm. still upgrade that position potentially in the draft or even in free agency, as I'll discuss a little bit later. But as we sit here today, and you detailed it, I don't know if there's a position that if you said to me the season starts tomorrow, that I wouldn't say, okay, well, let's roll. Yeah. And that's even if when you look at, you know, I put up, uh, 22 names to cover the 11 the, the 11 starters on each side of the ball and you can even swap people out i mean maybe sam williams is going to have a a, a bonkers training camp and move ahead of dorance armstrong mm-hmm. uh you know maybe deron bland is going to push uh jordan lewis into a you know cb4 role it's I, I don't remember this before. And yet, you know, they kind of might want to think back a little bit. A little bit of uh, caution might be necessary here for them. Because they once went into a draft thinking they didn't really need to add any starter quality people. That was back in 2009. Now, some people may not remember that so well, but that's kind of a legendary draft in Dallas because it was so bad. Uh, they, they, there was an article at Blogging the Boys years ago which was looking at uh, a bigger survey of the worst drafts in NFL history. And that 2009 Cowboys class was tied for the 13th worst across the league, uh, all teams, period. Uh, And that's just kind of – that's not a good place you want to be among the the elite, so to speak, the elite of the worst. Uh, It was kind of an odd situation. They had traded away – their first round pick that year to get wide receiver Roy Williams out of the Detroit Lions, which was not a move that paid off well at all. Um, and then they traded out of the second round and they wound up taking 12 players and it became known as the special teams draft. Ah, why? And- See, that's what I remember about it was that the goal was to find a guy that at least could contribute on special teams. No worries about a starter. We don't need it. We don't need any holes to be filled. We just need a guy that can be drafted and and make the team out of camp because this could be so tough to make this football team. Yeah, they got almost nothing out of these 12 players. It was was just a – it was like a waste of the the whole draft period. That's the only way you can look at it. Uh, it was, I think they had an overestimation of the quality of their roster going in, which I don't think is true this year. You could I argue think, that 2009 torpedoed Tony Romo's career. Yeah, it hurt. 
it like hurt draft. for years. In and of itself. And, Sorry to interrupt and, you there, but I just had a stream of consciousness thought. Yeah, and that's that's a very good point because that was they they were digging out of that hole for a good part of Romo's time as the starter, uh, and and that's why they can't I make think, a mistake with this draft, right? Because they can't make that same mistake. I don't think so. The, the, with the, Jack the, Prescott. There, there are, I mean, proven starters all over this team right now. Uh, you know, there may be some shuffling, like the discussion they've had about where they're going to play Terrence Steele, how they're going to try him out. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones likes him as the swing tackle, uh, which, you know, there's kind of logic to that. If you can plug in the left guard hole is having Steele as the swing tackle because you know he's going to play like half the season at right tackle. Mm-hmm. If that's where they have Tyron Smith. But uh, you still look at, at maybe they learned a hard lesson because uh, just like they started treating free agency after they felt burned by the Brandon Carr deal and uh, after they traded up to get Morris Claiborne and those didn't work out, they got real careful about how they treated free agency and trading and stuff. And this, I think, was part of it. They looked at what happened then and said, man, we really need to look at draft capital, especially in the first couple of rounds, as a more valuable asset and use it as such. So now I don't think they're very likely to do any trading back. And if they do, I think it will be very judicious just maybe a few spots because I think there's really going to be some of their guys still there and that kind of stuff. And they are drafting almost purely for depth, I think. They're looking at guys that, okay, maybe they'll be able to step up to a start in an emergency situation, but mostly guys that are going to see some playing time, but not as the starters, and that are future plays which given the fact that they're drafting so late in each round, I'm not, I don't, don't think that's such a bad way to look at it. Well, it's as good of a position as any of us would have expected them to be in at this point in time. Certainly myself, I w- wouldn't have imagined that they would have been able to shore up nearly every vacancy to the point that not only can, you know, we name a group of starters, but as you said, a rotating cast potentially of guys that, that could move into those roles. Israel Mukuamu is another name that comes to mind. Uh, Damone Clark could play his way into a more substantial role. And, you know, the Gilmore trade, it seems almost like this is a similar offseason and that they did learn their lessons from 2009 because back then they gave up their high-end capital and this time around they had enough powder to be able to move those picks for pieces that were unwanted or undervalued in the places they were in and bring those in a place where they can utilize them to the best of their coaching staff's ability. It's, It's an exciting time to be heading yeah. into the draft knowing that they can take so many different routes and mm-hmm. become a better football team because of it. Because ultimately, yeah. best player available 
from a draft perspective, to mm-hmm. me, seems like the approach that keeps you winning long term. Yeah, and and they are probably going to be closer to a pure BPA approach than they've ever had a chance to be. I mean, I was, I was just thinking if you look at those the, the starters I, that I came up with and look at what they actually started the season with last year, it, I think they're in, that's a stronger roster. That's a stronger starting lineup than it was. Let's go a through year them. Ago. At, at okay. quarterback, obviously, Dak. Starting Still running back, there. we expect Tony Pollard that's going to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Tight end, Jake Ferguson. Yeah, that one's kind of a little bit of a bet. Uh, I think they think he can replace Dalton Schultz, uh, and it has to be proven, but it's fairly clear there was something that they were sour on Schultz about. You know, maybe he did just – I heard he was kind of a different guy in the locker room or something, and uh, so I think they made a, a – you know, that one <sighs> – We'll have to see how it works out. They've got Peyton Hendershot. That's what uh, I was going to say. You can put a slash Peyton Hendershot in there and feel great about either option, or at least feel good about either option going into the season. Yeah, but then you get to where I think it's a lot stronger. When you've got CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup, that's unquestionably better than what they started the season with last last year because Gallup wasn't even available. It was C.D. Lamb and holy cow. I mean, you got Noah Brown and whoever else could go out there. Um, then, you you know, your line. It's like they is... added two pieces there, right? And and yeah. at this point, I would be fine if they didn't do a single thing anywhere further at that position. If they do do something, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good with that taking a chance. But I now feel they could do nothing and be good. You there. mean with free agency? Bingo. With free agency or even in the draft. I don't think they necessarily take a wide receiver. Necessarily need to take a wide receiver in the draft because Cooks is here for two years. Yeah, it's it's where you can afford to not make a mistake because you feel like you need a player and you reach a little bit when there was a better guy at some other position that could help your team. Mm -hmm. Uh, The line is Tyron Smith is, if he's healthy still, remember he did go down in preseason last year. So basically every time they're on the field, I'm going to hold my breath to hear that he walked off healthy. Uh, But you've got Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. They think they're going to be those five guys lined up in some arrangement. And so just because they – Hope to have Tyron there out. It, it seems to be better. Uh, across the defensive line, you've got Marcus Lawrence, Osa Adigazua. Uh, now they've got Hankins in. It was going to, it was originally, I was thinking Neville Gallimore, and then they got Hankins back. Boom. Okay. Uh, and Dorrance Armstrong with Sam Williams lurking in the wings. Uh, linebacker, you've got. Leighton Vanderish, who I think is very important beyond just the fact that he played very well last year, but he's also the he's also the brains out there getting Dan Quinn's play calls uh, working, and then you include Micah Parsons as the 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 will linebacker just because you know he's going to play sometimes as a, 
the will linebacker, and other times he's actually going to be up there as a pseudo defensive end. Uh, and I, pseudo is not the right word because he's the best pass rusher they have. Um, so they they've got that taken care of, and I think you'll see a lot of times when he is out there alongside Vanderish. And they've still got four down linemen up ahead of them. That's just a package they use a lot. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Exaggerations and half-truths aren't new in politics. But now, with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani on my podcast, Stay Tuned with Preet, for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process? Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, then it doesn't got, feel like defensive line or pass rusher. It, that feels like another position where if they skipped it entirely, I'm fine with yeah. what, with what they got. They have almost 11 guys, if I go through the names, Hankins, Lawrence, Odigizua, Armstrong, or excuse me, yeah, Armstrong, Gallimore, Dante Fowler, Sam Williams, yes. Quentin Bohana still, Tack mm-hmm. McKinley, who they signed maybe and is a maybe, but admittedly. And then Isaac Alarcon, who they brought over from the offensive line, or at least trying to make him into a project something. So that's, you know, nearly a dozen guys that we're naming, and that's not even included if they bring Carlos Watkins back. We're probably set on the defensive line and the pass rush. Yeah, I think they've got plenty of pieces to assemble uh, the the names they need for the 53-man roster there. Then when you've got Stefan Gilmore joining Trayvon Diggs and Jordan Lewis, you have to think that's a better group than it was when they had Anthony Brown in there. And I think Anthony Brown was a good piece last year. I just think even uh, as far into his career as he is, Gilmore has to be seen as an upgrade. And then you throw in Jaron Curse and Donovan Wilson as your safeties. Whoo! I, I like that. I feel that is a really solid starting roster to begin the season with. And you know, if you can keep most of them healthy, uh, it's it's 
it could be a, a really good performance this year out of the team. And just, I, you know, I don't really know what, what else to say. I mean, does it, I, I, I try to be cautious of getting uh, over optimistic or buying into the hype, mm-hmm. but I look at this and it just feels there's a lot of meat on this plate. So I'll ask a couple questions then as we get towards the draft and, you know, bear with me on those. Because if you look at how the Cowboys could potentially approach it, you might almost say, hey, you know, should they go for broke? Should they try to add a piece that could be spectacular? And even is there room to consider a trade up knowing that, there's not a ton of roster spaces that'll be available within this team. So I'll start there, right? Would you even entertain the idea of a Cowboys trade up in this draft in the first round? I I guess it might depend on if there was really a player that looked like they were going to be a tremendous help to the team. I just don't know that there's going to be one that's within range of what the Cowboys could do. I don't want them to package their first and their second to move up. I'm just kind of constitutionally opposed to that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather they keep their third. So I'm not real fond of that concept. Yeah. I think even though the draft has some weaknesses and some strengths. And so I think they should let the draft, flow to them and then look at what they've got when they get on the clock. And then I think really lean hard into the BPA. I mean, I'll even go out on a limb and say, if there was a quarterback that they really thought could grow and be an insurance policy, in case things really broke down, would that poison the well like happened in Green Bay? I don't know, but I would say you could at least think about it. Now, let's back away from that. Let's let's push that. That's that a is a discussion that... for another day. I won't yeah, even. That's... I won't even entertain it in the first and second round. I won't even think about it right yeah. now for me. Yeah, I would. You know, I would. It would. It would. It doesn't make any sense that that player would get to twenty six mm-hmm. because there's too many quarterback hungry teams yeah. this year. And I it don't think a... to answer my own question. I don't think the Cowboys would entertain a trade up either. I think, and most Cowboys fans think they've learned their lesson in this regard. And you're better off taking three swings and hoping one turns into a home run than taking one swing and hoping or really needing it to be a home run. Yeah. And so that's, I I agree. Yeah. That's a better Uh, place to find themselves in. And they, and they have prepared themselves for that best player available. I'll say this. I would even entertain now knowing where they are from a roster standpoint, I'll even entertain a running back in the first round. Now, Tom, I know I was staunchly against it. I know I said never, ever, ever. I'll, I'll even, I'll entertain it, and I won't like 
kill you if Bijan happens to fall that far. He won't, but I I won't kill you, and I won't be crazy upset with where their roster is now, knowing that at least that solidifies that position for the next couple of years going forward. And, and we have to understand that they may have somebody, another running back, and I'm not familiar enough with the board to throw a name out there, but they might see one and they think he's the best player left and take him at 26. And again, I'm not going to go like, okay, uh, probably could help with Tony Pollard, put him out there and, and, and get, get some snaps for him. And, and I, like you said, I'm not going to blow up, take a okay, tight no, end. I take it back. I'm a blow up. If it's anybody other than Bijan. Okay. <laughs> I will. Bo- okay. I, I step it back. If it's anybody other than Bijan in the first round, cause I think Bijan is ultimately a, a like top seven or eight talent in this draft. Like he's certainly not outside the top 10 from a talent skill perspective, but he's I, a running back. I so I drop him mm-hmm. out of the first round unless he falls all the way to 26 and then I'll, I'll entertain it, but no one else deserves yeah. that. Tom, I won't entertain that. I won't allow it. Okay. All right. Not on this Be that way. I'll you, we'll we'll put Jerry Jones on notice. And tell him he best not transgress. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would love to maybe see this free them up a little bit from some of their positional thinking. You know, they don't like to spend on defensive tackles. They don't like to spend on safeties. Uh, I'm I. You'd think they'd be willing to go for a guard because they've done it before. It was a while back, but they took Zach Martin, and that has paid off royally. That has been one of the best draft picks they've made in a long time. And I just I – th- I would love to see the baby get somebody that was really good at one of those kind of undervalued spots and have them there – uh, to help in as they go forward and be that valuable backup right now. Because as I said, when you've got a guy out there, you never know. Uh, just because they're the starter, that doesn't mean they're going to be there week two, week three. You never know when something can happen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would love, I would love to see them really just sit there and go like, okay, who's the best guy we've got on the board right now that we can take and even if that led to maybe a a double up situation and they they repeated position the first round position in the fourth or fifth round yeah go for it uh i i just i think this is this as as you say it, it it just is so freeing it's like go out there and really make sure you got your homework done and know who your guys are as they're coming up and take them and be happy and let's see what we can do with them and how can we get them with some snaps for experience that's a great problem to have you know when you're trying to figure out how to get some snaps for a guy because he's that good it's just he's surrounded by the guys that are good uh yeah that's the problem you want every day of the week in the nfl Especially because it's a problem that typically comes with an answer in the NFL if you just wait a little bit. Guys are going to fall off. Guys are going to get hurt. 
guys are going to be needed to step up into positions where you didn't think the depth issue you had in those spots was going to hit you. The Cowboys have seen it happen to them in the past, and it obviously happens around the NFL every season. So to be able to find themselves in this position to where they can ultimately prepare for that. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit tougher from an evaluative standpoint too this season because of the news that came down this week. I don't know if we wrote a blog about it, so forgive me blogging the boys if someone addressed it, but the news that training camp cutdown dates have been changed. They have eliminated the multi-tier cutdowns, and so rosters will go from 90 to 53 in one day, meaning over a 1,000 players will get cut in a single day one week before the NFL season begins. So it's not like you'll have nearly as much time. Teams won't have as much time to make those evaluate you know, evaluative decisions about guys as they're cut on tier one, tier two, and tier three of the cutdown process. Yeah. Uh, now, I my thinking on that is I'm, I'm glad they're doing it that way. Uh, give all these guys a chance to really for the players do their best. You know, I agree. And and, and then you know, there's a term called churn. That last week before the start of the regular season is going to be chaos. People are going to be all of a sudden signing people, and then it's going to be a domino effect because, you know, uh, one team, you know, let's just, we'll just stay away from the Cowboys for a second. But, you know, the Bengals will, will cut down to 53, and then they'll go like, holy cow. That that guard is better than you know our bottom guard, you know, the, and then somebody else will go like, oh, whoa, wait, that guy we think we could, and so you're going to I think see a lot of people. There will be a lot of people on the the initial 53 man roster that may be on two or three 53 man rosters, or out of or 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 having to to go on a practice squad, but uh, by the start of the regular season, it's going to be cray cray. Yeah. It indeed <laughs> is, but because if the Cowboys solidify as many of those positions as they can, they will have their pick of the litter, and they'll have a little bit of extra spending money because of that money they get back with the post-June 1 cut of Ezekiel Elliott, assuming, of course, they don't spend that money uh, extending any of the players that are potentially eligible to be extended this offseason. So, we will keep you posted on all that, Tom. Another thought? No. Uh, I was just wondering if we have written something on that. <laughs> I might have to put something up about that. Oh, that new rule? Yeah. Yeah, well, I saw that announced by Tom Pelissero or Pelissero of NFL.com, and I just thought, wow, n- more of a deal probably needs to be made of that. Because it almost makes for another day of free agency. It's like free agency right before the NFL season begins because of not only the, the, you know, 
potentially talented players that'll be cut. There'll be plenty of players that are cut that will have played their last NFL game, but there will also be guys that get cut because they themselves are cap casualties and cap decisions that are made. And while they might not make sense, as you mentioned, in a Bengals uniform at $10 million a year, maybe they're willing to come back to Dallas and get paid in a backup spot, get a one-year prove-it deal. What a sweet position the Cowboys would find themselves in then. And again, you know, with with a week to decide for a lot of NFL free agents, the allure of the star might actually have a tangible benefit to it. Because hey, Could be. it's your last and, chance to get seen. And there, there's there's another little bit uh that enters in there that I think Jonathan Hankins is a great example of. He lives in the Dallas area, and there's kind of a sense that if he wasn't signing with the Cowboys, um, it's going to it's going to be, you know, he he just wants to play there and nowhere else. And I think that's going to happen to maybe a few other people. People love to live in Dallas. Uh, the NFL cities, it's probably top five. It was just na- like and not irrelevant. To the Cowboys, it actually is extremely relevant. The Cowboys, it was just named the number one city for sports business in the country. So there's no doubt that that has a big Cowboys weight attached to it. And what they've built up in Frisco, the infrastructure around it, it's being replicated by every NFL team in the league. But they're all lagging behind because the Cowboys kind of did it first. They built their own little community up there and shoot any player that's playing up there. has got to have their eyes bugging out of their head with the amenities that are available to them just because of the fact that they are, or have been a Dallas Cowboy. You know, they get to, they get to train there still on a regular basis if they've ever played or even haven't played for the Cowboys. So it's a, it's a pretty enticing lifestyle uh, for those that aren't familiar that don't live in the DFW area. Cause I do live uh, here right outside of DFW airport. Yeah. It's just, it's pretty interesting. I just Cowboys should be feeling really great right now. Well, we will continue to keep you posted on what the Cowboys do from here. If any moves are made, we'll be the first to let you know they're blogging the boys. Make sure you download the app and, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're coming actually every Tuesday with new episodes, and we will have you live for draft coverage coming up here in about a month. So stay tuned for that information as well. Make sure you check out all the content at bloggingtheboys.com. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.